0: A couple weeks ago, Elizabeth had uh, I'd asked her if she had anything to share, you know, uh, anything in her heart to share. And she said the thing that God had been talking to her, sharing with her uh, about uh, a little bit was uh, in drawing near. And that, that God doesn't turn away, that, that, that he doesn't leave us, that, that it's, up to, it's up to us, though, to, to draw near to him. It says so in James 8, and we'll start with that, and we'll probably end with that tonight too. And you know, you draw near to him, and he will dry near, draw near to you. And uh, it's in this coming, and sometimes we feel like God is so far away, and we feel like he's left us, and he's deserted us, and, 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 and through our mess, and through our mistakes, and through the things that have, that have happened sideways and crazily in our life, he's just, you know, he, he's, he's wandered off. He hasn't wandered off. I think I become maybe Desensitized to the fact that he's still with me. I begin to think that he, he's not with me. I begin to see that the choices that I made, they, they haven't been right. And so there's no hope, and there's no way out. And the things that I think can happen can't possibly happen, so, so God must have abandoned me somewhere along the way. No, he, didn't, he didn't abandon you. The title of the message tonight is, uh, It Grows Back. And I know it sounds odd, and what, you know, what is it, and uh, how does it grow, and and where did it go, uh, if it comes back? But um, as she began to share that, you know, that that drawing near that thing, talking about his love, and how it casts out fear, and how his presence is always around us, and, and how he's always with us, and... I just I just kept want you know just just rolling that thing around in, in my heart and I'm not going to steal her message or her word I'll let her share that here along the way as we go but you know I it, we have this we have this mentality now I think as, as believers that that, that that somehow it's it's just you know it's over and, and and you may be here and this is a message that we preach often in this church that God is God is a restorer that, that He's a fixer that he is the one who makes dead things live and he's the one that makes old things new and he's the one that works in you all of the stuff together for good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose and uh when rachel was little and you you've probably you probably have stories everybody has some kind of story like this of themselves or their children or somebody that they know but but one day she was just you know how she had this long pretty red hair and and uh, it was just about shoulder length, maybe a little longer. And, and then just one day, she decided that it needed to be cut. And um, they're not great hairstylists at four or whatever she was or five. And uh, I've had some bad haircuts, and Melissa's not here today. And I grade her haircuts when I leave. And I let her know. This one's about a B minus. Thank God it grows. Your hair will grow out. And it will, you know, for many of you, some of you maybe not. I don't know how that works when you don't, I don't know, Tony. Sometimes it just uh, does, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. We'll lay hands on it and we'll see. God may make you a Chia Pet and you you grow some out there and it just goes on. But uh, when she was, you know, she was little and she she didn't hack it all off and she didn't like cut all kinds of stuff. I don't remember if Elizabeth caught her or what happened, but it was just a good chunk of it right here that she just... She lied about it. What, what kind of lie did she tell? <laughs> Ghost came in, cut her hair. What? Oh yeah, she said no. Well, it was quite obvious she cut her hair because there was no hair right here, and uh, the rest of it was this pretty long red. And there wasn't any like making it work. You know, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't feather it in. It was uh, it was obviously uh, a problem, and uh, she didn't look you know, like she looked the day before, but she was still beautiful, right? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, the fact that she hacked her hair, but, but it grew back. You know, it, it, it grew back. There, there was a, there was a period of time and there was a season and she had long hair, long hair. It took a while. It took a little bit of time, but, but it grew back. And, and I was listening to a message, uh, today uh, a jensen franklin message and, and a little bit about samson and i want to share a little bit about it it's not the message that he shared was was uh, was different it, it wasn't it wasn't this but the scripture that he shared um really jumped off the page to me and we know many of you know the story of samson and and how you know he was he was born as a special child sanctified and he was to be raised as a nazirite and he and he couldn't cut his hair no razor could come near his hair and you know he couldn't uh, he couldn't touch a, a, a The dead animal that was unclean and he couldn't drink strong wine and those things and that was that was the way of that was that was his life and he had to live that life that's the way he was brought up his power resided in the fact that he didn't have his hair cut and and that was you know that was important and and if you read the story you know and you go to judges chapter six it's a I sometimes I think we 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 come to a point of impatience or or we come to a to a place where we make a bad decision or we we just we've had enough or, or you know, sometimes I think we get we, we just fall for the enemy's trick and we end up in a bad spot in a bad place. What we have to realize is in those places and in those moments, it's not over. It's not over. What what the enemy has stolen from you, what he has taken from you, and that's his job, right? Steal, kill, and to destroy. The first part of that scripture that Pastor Pam read at the offering, that's what he does, and he's he's good at it. Some things we can explain. Some things you can't explain. Some things you're writing down, stuff like, I just got to ask God when I get there, what in the world? Listen, we live in an imperfect world with a really, really vile and disgusting enemy who's coming after not just those in the world, but the body of Christ. And we don't always make the right decisions, and we, we do get impatient, and we, we, do, we do fall into difficult times and places, but remember, God's not, he hasn't left you. He's with you. And, and in, this, in this passage, you know, Samson, and, and he has his beautiful girl Delilah there, and you know, it, she, but she's, she's, she's pretty, and he really likes her, but, but you've got to realize she's trying to trick him for the Philistine. She's trying to trick him and she wants to find out what's up and so she's constantly it says she peppers him all day long every day to find out where his strength is. And you know, the enemy does that in our life at times. He pesters us and he picks on us and he you know, he he, he you may think, well, no, no, it's not the devil, it's my wife. No, it's not her. It's the, it's the enemy and he's not using her. Love her. Uh, Mike and and you know so uh she's not here so we can say (laughs) don't tell michelle oh she'll hear that i'll be in trouble tomorrow she'll come in my office and let me have it but it, it says in in verse 16 it says and it came to pass that when delilah pestered him daily with her words and pressed him pressed him so that his soul it says was vexed to death he became impatient to the point of of death with her fine he tells her That the power that I have, because I was raised as a Nazarite, is in my hair. Verse 17, he tells her that, that no razor has ever come upon my head. And then he goes on and he says, and if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak, and I'll be like any other man. And so then she lulls him to sleep, and in come the Philistines, and they, they shave his head, they cut off all of his hair. And they've been going through this little cat and mouse game and, and, and he's been telling her things that can hold him back. And then when, when she yells, the Philistines are coming, he breaks through those things, you know, like a superhero. And uh, so this, this time they, they, they've shaved his head while he was asleep and she says, here they come and he jumps up to get him, and he doesn't have any strength. He's made a horrible decision and he's made a bad choice. In this particular instance, and, I, and then when I, when I went through and read this, I was reminded of, of uh, not just Rachel and her haircut, but uh, of teenagers. And many of you have either had a teenager, or uh, you, know, you, you are, have one that's coming in through that, or maybe you wish you were a teenager again. I don't know what that is, but uh, when you deal with teenagers... When they make mistakes, it's very critical as a mentor or as a mother or a father that you let them know that their life is not over. That you are 15, you are 16, you are 17 years old. Your life is not over. You have years and years ahead of you and God can do great things in your life. Because kids are lied to immediately by the enemy. Because he does want to steal, kill, and to destroy. That what they've done is, is unexcusable and unforgivable. And, and their life is over. Have you had, You've heard kids say stuff like that? My life is over. No, it's not. You're 14. Really, I don't care what you've done. You're still here on this side of the dirt. Your life's not over. It'll grow back. It'll grow back. And this story of Samson... As, as he told them this and they shaved his head and it says in verse 21 then the philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to gaza and they bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison basically they took this guy and chained him to a big wheel and he just pushed the wheel around and just ground the wheat but in verse 22 this is the one that jumped off the page and and uh I, I went to my Bible and I looked at it and I had it, I had it highlighted in this weird color. So I must have been with my wife when I, when I got this because it's some kind of funky, weird blue color and I don't have any of those. We don't write in the Bible in funky blue colors. We, you do that in yellow or blue and black. That's all there is. But this is some kind of interesting color. But it says in verse 22, however, the hair of his head began to grow again. The hair on his head began to grow again. Rachel's hair eventually came back, and you wouldn't even know today that there was ever a problem or an issue. In Samson's world, he didn't regain his sight, but his hair did grow back again, and eventually he had a moment where he regained his strength. So whatever has happened and whatever has gone down, I want to encourage you tonight. And here, I mean, God is a restorer. He's a restorer. That's what he does. But we have to draw near to him for him to restore. If we don't draw near to him, see, the enemy keeps a chasm. He keeps this gap between us. He keeps us chained to this thing that just keeps going around in circles and grinding the wheat and us never coming back or coming close to him. In the end, you know, when Samson's hair grew back and when his strength came, he cried out to the Lord. Oh, God that my strength would come back again one time. See, he drew, he drew near. He came back to the Lord. And then the Lord began to fulfill that thing. But the deal is, his hair began to grow again. You have to tell your young people, listen, your life isn't over. I want to tell you, if you're here and you're 30 years old, 40 years old, and 50 years old, and you say, I've lived this way for 20 years, I'm telling you, my life is, is going to always be like this. No, it's not. Draw near to him. There's something about drawing near to God that just allows his power to fill us and to change our life. But you can't come near to him with a little bit. You can't come near to him and then back away. You can't play games with him. It's this thing that says, I come near to you. I take off all the limits and I open myself up to you. Pour yourself in. And I'm here. You know, in Luke chapter 12 and in Matthew chapter 6, there's a, the passage of Scripture that says, don't worry about tomorrow. But the thing that it says really in that whole passage of Scripture is this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of those things will be added back unto you. I think sometimes we lose our sense of priority. We, we, we get going in our, in our day whether we've made decisions that aren't right and we've made mistakes and the enemy begins to to pound on us or lie to us or condemn us or those things, whether the enemy has stolen something from us and we don't know why and so we question God and we ask, why would it be me and, and how could this happen and I've tried to be so good and you know, we, but the enemy just continues to hound on those places and it's in those things. And then the priority of seeking first the kingdom of God kind of goes out the window because now we're questioning The how, when, why's, what's, and where's. And we lose track of the fact that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You can't lose track of that fact. You can't lose track of the truth. The word says that he is a restorer of all that's been taken and stolen. Romans 8, 28 is a a founding scripture. And I said it earlier, that God turns all things around for good in your life. Because you love him, and you're called according to his purpose, things happen, don't you know kids maybe who have made bad decisions, and if you don't get to them fast enough, they make ten more because of the first one. we'll talk about kids today because that's not any of us, but they make a bad decision, then they make they make another one and another one, and, and until you can get them, they've made a whole string of them, and they found themselves in a in a difficult place and in a dark spot. And then that lie comes and says, your life is over. And you have to say, no, it's not. It'll grow back. It'll grow back. I've come home with some really horrid haircuts. And Elizabeth said, it's okay, honey, it'll grow back. She said, did she have a bad day? I said, no. When, my, when the girl who cuts my hair has some tough... I'm like her pastor, kind of, somewhat. And so when, I, when things go wrong in her world, she tends to cut my hair two and three times until she gets the whole story out. So, you know, mom gets her nails filed down to the quick. This girl cuts my hair down to the skull. But I, I do go home and I say, it will grow back. There is hope for me. It will grow back. And my hair is important to me. So it's got to come back. But see, these things come out of the blue, and we make a bad, we make a poor decision. We go that direction. I'm telling you, seek first the kingdom of God before you do that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll he'll bring all that stuff into your life that you need. Jesus, what he did and what he said and how he acted in this earth was not dictated by the situation and circumstance in which he found himself in. He said, I come to do the Father's business, and I do what he does, and I say what he says. Even to, and we're, we're not like that. We find ourselves in a difficult situation, difficult spot, I and mean, we, we just start making decisions. We don't think, what would, what would Jesus do? We don't ask. We, we throw the bracelet in the trash. We don't even, we're out there. Kids are like that. They, they, they see something, and, it's, and all of a sudden, they don't know what to do, and so they just do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Jesus, even to the point of Lazarus dying, he didn't go wandering over to Lazarus' house to see what was going on. It wasn't time. He wasn't moved even by that. But he came in the specific time that he needed to come in. And he did say, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus did come forth. But he wasn't moved just because his friend died. Just because somebody said something or somebody did something or you find yourself in a difficult spot or a strange situation, you rely on him. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. And that scripture goes on and talks about not being double-minded. That when you draw near to him in, John, in James four eight, and he draws near to you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a point there where you come together, and it makes you singularly focused and not double-minded. Double-minded is where you start doing crazy stuff. Singularly focused is where you make the right choices, because you're making his choice. And Samson had said that he was vexed. He was impatient to the point of death. He was, he was being tormented by this woman. And so he had finally had enough, and so he gave away all the secrets. And in our life sometimes we get to that point and we, we give it all away. And we open the door, push it open to the enemy and say, come on in. Oh, I didn't say that. Well, Samson wouldn't have said he said that either. But he found himself blind and chained to this grinding stone in his life. Distractions happen all the time. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Pastor Pam, I think, shared last week, maybe out of Mark chapter 4, and and the parable of the sower and the seed, and, and how there's no good fruit that comes from distraction. There's no good fruit that comes from cares. That what I want you to see today is that that we 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 do end up sometimes in difficult spots and the enemy does steal, kill, and destroy. And we we have we have Elizabeth and I have made some bad decisions, and I made bad decisions before I met her. Huh. What's that? And she's and she made some bad decisions before she met me too. And the best one she made was Never mind. But man! Now I gotta go home with her, Bill. I'm in trouble, huh? Is that, we drove separately tonight, so we'll have some time to... <laughs> but it says in Mark chapter four, that the cares of this life, it, it, it stifles and crushes the seed that's been planted. The distractions. Samson was, Samson was in a place where he was distracted. He, was, he, was, he would never have given that away. He teased her and played with her and told her things that were, you know, oh, if you tie me up with piano strings or, you know, whatever. I mean, he had all these little things that he would say, oh, new ropes that have never been used, and ha ha ha, smash. And he smashes them and he's playing this game with her. But then she, she finally wears him down to a point where he can't take it anymore. And he gives away all the goods. See, when you, when you lose that focus, when you, when you get distracted that way, when, when the cares of this life and all of that stuff begin to, to eat at you, all of a sudden you'll, you'll come to a place and you'll come to a point where you'll, you'll, you'll give away all the goods. Careful. But remember, it grows back. That He, he had his head shaved, but his hair, it did grow back. And you don't need any help being distracted. We live in a world that's distracted. We actually live in a world that distracts the distracted. Um, I, you watch TV and surf the net at the same time. So now you're, you're complete. Now you're, you're watching TV, you're surfing the internet, and you're probably on your phone with live people sitting next to you that you're texting. Right? I mean, you are so distracted by all of this. I mean, that's. And then we can't figure out why we make bad choices or why we make a bad decision or why we don't follow God. We're not drawing near to him. He's not a priority to us. It's just this, this realm and this world in which we live. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verses 11 through like 13, 14-ish, there's a, it's a passage of scripture about, about, about uh, young widows. And, and it says in, in that passage, there's a portion of it, and it says the younger widows should not be on the list. It says when the widows come to the church, take them in and take care of them and give them duties and jobs and keep them going. And those who have raised children and who have that family and, and all of those things. It says bring them in and take care of them. The church take care of the widows, right, and the orphans and those things. And, but it says the younger widows should not be on that list because their physical desires will overpower their devotion to Christ, that their, de- their physical desires, the things that go on, it overpowers what they really, what they, they, they want to follow after God, but the physical desires, they want to be married and they want to have children and all those things. Now, it's not about being married, it's not about having children, it's not being a widow or whatever. It's this next part that comes out of this. It says, then they would be guilty of breaking their pledge, and if they were on the list, then they will learn to be lazy. In one version, it says, idle that we can learn to be idle. And then not just idle or lazy, we'll spend our time gossiping from house to house, meddling in other people's business, and talking about things that we shouldn't. Busy bodies and gossip. You learn, it's learned. Learned. Facebook. You know, I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that kind of thing. And I'm not, you know, I was on Facebook last, I was all about, you know, cats and things last week. So don't, don't take it personally, because it gets good. But it can be really bad. When you wake up in the, in the morning, is your first thought to check your Facebook page and see what people are doing or to check with God and see what you should be doing? See, which one, I mean, it, it, I go, don't send me a Facebook message. Email me. Because I don't check that very often. I'm one of those people, man. I'll be there for eight hours. I never learned to play those cool video games because I would still be in the house in my underwear eating Cheetos. <laughs> I would never leave the house. Daniel has some of the coolest videos, these games, this uh, ghost recon and all these things, man. And they're like, they're real. I, he, has a, he has a headset and he talks to people and he, he's doing things and I watch it. And he's like, you want to play, Dad? No. No, I, no, I don't want to play. But I just, why, I start to walk away. Why? I will get sucked into that, and I will learn to be idle, and I will be a mess. I won't pray one time. Because one hour will become the rest of my life. I'll be captain of the Ghost Recon ship, man. That'll be me. I'll, I'll be on it. I will be the man in Call of Duty Ghost Recon. Yeah. Now, you can't, I mean, my cousin's 46 years old, and he and Daniel are waiting in line at Toys R Us for this game to come out at midnight. So there are, some of you are those people too. So if you're not a Facebooker, but you're a ghost recon person, hey, careful! Careful! See, it's the, it's the idleness. It's it's, it's the, the idleness of mind. It's that it's that, hey, I am not paying attention. God's not that the priority thing. It's I'm filling my world with all this other stuff. I'm all these voices, all these things, my friends and people, and and Facebook and, and these games, and and all of a sudden I can't figure out why I don't make the right decision or the right choice or why I end up chained to this thing, going around in circles. And how did that happen? You become you become desensitized to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And and in Samson's case, verse 22 did happen. I mean, it did say the hair began to grow back. If you find yourself in this spot, in this place, where you don't have answers, and you don't know how, and you don't know why, and you feel like God's a million miles away, and you know you've done some things, or made some bad decisions, or made some bad choices, and and our first thing as flesh is to say, I deserve this. I've been so, I've I've made, you know, I've made those choices. I've been so bad. I haven't done right. I need to get back to church. No, you need to get back on your knees. In church is great, but get back on your knees. Because it's in that drawing near to Him that He begins to make you okay and restore in your life. There's this restoring grace that comes. In Joel chapter 2, it says that we need to be glad in verse 22 or 3 or someplace in there. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain. Your threshing floors, it says, will be full of weed, and the vats will overflow with new wine. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army, which I sent you, you will eat in plenty and you'll be satisfied. It goes on then a little while later and it says that, then I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your old men and your young men will see dreams and visions. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. See, there's a, there's a drawing near and a restoration and a pouring out and a going forward. And the enemy tells you that's not possible, and he tells you that you can't do it, and he tells you that there's no way. But I'll tell you that God's grace makes a way. And you may say, man, I've been in this place for years, or or maybe you say, I've made this decision, and, there, and there's no there's no coming, I made this mistake, and there's no coming back from it, and I, I, I can't fix it, and it's not, God can fix it, I don't know, man, I mean, I've done so much, and I've been so far, and I've, I, I've ruined it, and, and I, my marriage is a mess, and my kids are, and I don't know how to, I don't know what I can do, and see, all, of this, all of this stuff, it's that same thing as the idle chatter of Facebook, and the video games, and the things, and the enemy gets your mind whirling, and he gets you thinking, and he gets you off your, seek ye first the kingdom of god draw near unto me and i will draw near unto you and all this starts to become a mess and and, and you're upstairs and it begins to go this direction i'm telling you there were there were there was a story in deuteronomy i think or numbers it's in uh in numbers chapter 17 where where, where they're picking a new they're picking aaron it's the priest god is and he said okay tell everybody to bring a dead stick and I, you know, I go through all that to say, listen, your life may be like a dead stick. You know, There may not be any fruit on your tree, and it may be just a stick. But he said, hey, bring those sticks and put them in the tabernacle of meeting. And Moses put them in there. And he gave them 24 hours. And the next day when they walked in, Aaron's rod had not just a little green leaf on it. It had sprung forth. It had green leaves. It had new fruit. It had mature fruit. It was like the whole thing had happened out of a dead stick. Give God a chance. Just give him a chance. Give him 24 hours. (laughs) Give him your whole life. But give him a chance. He took a dead stick and made it be flourishing. Alive, full of fruit, and flourishing. From the time you go to bed to the time you wake up. You say, it can't be that good. Yes, it can. But I've done too much. It doesn't matter. God's grace. God's grace makes a difference. Samson cried out in the temple that day. He cried out and he said. If you go on and, and you read. Uh, in, in, you turn the page over here and it says. Samson called in verse 28. Samson called to the Lord saying. Oh Lord God remember me. I pray. Strengthen me I pray. Just this once. Oh God that I may. With one blow, take vengeance on these Philistines. Oh, God, he cries out. Peter denied Christ three times. Didn't just flat out denied him. Had three opportunities. But he denied him three straight times. And the third time, he was, he was nasty. He, re, he responded really nasty. He was adamant. I don't know that man. I mean, think about it. That's, 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 that is a, that you, you, have, you have in the midst of all the pressure of that situation. Of what they might do to me if I say yes. And, and how this might go for me. If I, if I say I'm a follower of Christ. If, if, I, if I say all of that pressure caused him to say the wrong thing three times. And yet there was Christ in the end, saying, I, I'm here for you. Let me just play this video real quick, and then we'll, we'll pray. But uh, it's just a, a story about God's grace and about Peter, and I've played it before, and you've probably seen it before, but it's really, uh, it's right on point with the things that we're, we're talking about, that God has a second chance for you.
1: Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. always about me. That's Grace Peter.
2: We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.